0: Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the 34th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice that will help you do your wealth well done. Last week, we talked a little bit about the state of the country uh, from a financial lens. We looked at the economy and looked at uh, our debt, inflation, and where how all this um, kind of paints a picture into where is a good place for someone to be. Uh, putting their assets right now, and 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 how someone should be looking at the next five to ten years uh, from a, from an economical lens. But this week we are back to the spiritual pillar, and I am excited for this one. Uh, we are going to be in Matthew twenty five talking about the parable of the talents, and this is an often used inside the financial industry, um, encouraging people to to be willing to take risk and to be a good steward of God's resources. Um, but as I'm, as I'm reading through Matthew personally right now, and I, I came across, uh, came up to this one here in 25, I just decided to dwell on this longer, and I, I'm, I'm really glad I did. So my good friend and partner Isaac Bennett recommended a book to me called Secrets of the Secret Place by Bob Sorge. And this is a, an incredible book that that is designed to share some of his insights as he tries to spend more of his quiet time with the Lord, more time in, in reading the word and what he's picked up from that, and the latest uh, piece that I had read in that book was encouraging his readers to be good stewards of the Word of God, and especially when God gives you some additional insight into a word. Um, so he used a football analogy as a as a receiver. If you catch the ball when the quarterback throws it to you, he's likely to continue to throw to you more. And if you become that trusted um that trusted receiver that every time he throws to you there's a good chance that you're going to actually receive his, his receive the throw and receive the ball and then catch it then you're going to continue to get more targets in football and so what he's talking about is if you are a good steward of the word when God gives you some some insight and you take that and receive it and you don't just um you know say oh that's really good and move on with your day and two weeks from now or two months from now, you've forgotten that word that God gave you, then he um, is more likely to continue to give you more and more. And so that's the analogy he gave, which led me right into, I, I read that the night before. And then the next morning I was reading uh, in the word and came across this parable of talents. Um, and, you know, it's this, it's this living word. And so when, when you receive insight from him, the idea is, you know, you need to, you need to Take it in and, and, and capture that and make sure that you don't forget that. And then he'll continue to give you more. So uh, so Bob Sorge's point was journal. Take that, take that information and journal it. I did that and it just felt in my heart that I was supposed to share this one with with you today. So um that being said, we're gonna I'm gonna read the read this here and then we're gonna dissect it uh, together. But a little background before we get into this. This is this is holy week. Um uh, this is when kind of the background here, Jesus had his disciples had just seen the fig tree withered up from the roots, seeing the, uh, the power of Jesus's words. Uh, he was teaching the temple, and the chief priest challenged his authority. He stumped them regarding the baptism of John. Um, then he gives them the parable of the two sons, the parable of the tenants, and the parable of the wedding feast. Then the Pharisees take their turn. They, they try to catch him regarding paying taxes to Caesar. Uh, <laughs> that one certainly backfired for them. Then the Sadducees tried uh, to catch him regarding the resurrection. And the Pharisees try again. They uh, try to trick him regarding the great commandment. And Jesus handles that, and then he stumps him on whose son is the Christ. And so so he we've got this, like, all of these religious leaders are challenging Jesus with the best they've got, trying to trying to trip him up. And then after he dispels all of those, and he kind of lets them have it with these seven woes to the Pharisees and to the scribes. Um, and then Jesus starts talking about the end times. And so that's where we're stepping into here. He, he talks about the coming of the Son of Man. He talks about signs from the fig tree. You know, No one knows the day or the hour um, of when he will return besides the Father. And, and that's where we're picking up here now. He gets into the parable of ten virgins, parable of talents, and then talks about final judgment. So I'm going to read the parable of talents here, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he had received the two talents, made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five talents came forward Bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, here I made you five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents, here I have made you two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours, but his Master answered, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest." So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For everyone who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so there's so much there. We're gonna we're gonna start digging into this. Uh, first thing, what what is a talent? And you know, this is a little source of confusion here. In the Old Testament times, the talent was referred to. Basically, it's about 75 pounds. So you think of 75 pounds of silver here. uh, By today's standards, that would equate out to around $25,000. In New Testament times, the talent was looked at more as a uh, means of talking about 20 years worth of wages. And so from that standpoint, you would look at, you know, if if you've made $100,000 a year, then 20 years worth of wages would be $2 million. So to the guy who's been given five talents, that'd be $10 million. So whether we're talking... Um, twenty-five thousand dollars or two million dollars. The the point still kind of goes the same. He's given a they're given a pretty large sum of money here. Um, so I want to start breaking this down. This is how I this is how I dissect scripture when I actually try to do it well and don't just brush through this, um, which is certainly common as well. But so what he talks about here. So he called his servants. Now Think about this. So let's start with servants. What his servants he. That's a title he's given us, and so when he gives us that title of servant, um, that's something to to pay attention to because he's also called us his sons and daughters. He said that we've been adopted into his family, um, but when we when we hear the word servant today, you know that that comes with real negative connotation. You might think of slavery, um, or you might just think of you know I'm not I'm no one's servant. Like, you know, we, we, in a, especially in the West, we are. We are—I would consider us too entitled to—to to take the name servant and and let that be a good thing. But we have to understand that Jesus said that the greatest among us will be servants. And so when God calls us servants, you know, like we have to think about that. Like what an incredible honor and a compliment He's giving us, because Jesus says those are the greatest. The greatest among you will be the servants. And when God says you are my servants, what a what a special honor that is. And Him saying that this is the greatest. These are those people. Um, next thing it talks about. So who called his servants and entrusted to them, his property. So everything that we have belongs to God. And Psalm 24 one says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And we can go on through scripture to find more and more, um, Examples of stewardship, and the uh, the idea that everything that we have belongs to God, which includes our. Some people often talk about their time, talent, and treasure, and and that that is absolutely correct. There, that not only your time, your body, your reputation, your your certainly your resources, your relationships, you know, all of those things count as. Things that belong to God, God gave them to you. He gave you the ability to go get them. Yes, it might have been your hard work, but without God, you would not have had them. And so, we when we change our lens to be looking through this as a stewardship lens, then it it changes the way we see everything. It changes the way we handle that stuff because now, as a steward, we are forced to give account of of how we handled the master's resources. And so, from that standpoint, it's no longer how much of my resources am I willing to give to God? It's how much of God's resources is is okay for me to keep. And again, we can get lost into a deep legalistic kind of battle there. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to a couple of the podcasts that we did with Jay Link. Um, Jay is a stewardship. I mean, he's a, as as wise as I've encountered in that lens. And so Jay would be a great, or he's a great resource there. He's got uh, a lot of stuff on his website. I think it's uh, .com. and But either way, those podcasts that we have uh, from Jay are, are uh, very valuable as well. So dig into that and, and see if you can start to wrap your head around this idea of stewardship and what that actually means. To one he gave. So we want to talk about this a little bit further down here. Yeah, right after that, he says, to one he gave. This swing says, to one he gave five talents. But he gave. Okay, so this is just helping us understand that, that this isn't something that that this guy earned, that this servant earned. He, God gave this to him. Again, what we have has been given to us by God. Um, so emphasizing that to one he gave. Then it says, so it goes on to say here, he gave one, five talents, one, uh, one two, and another one, one, each according to his ability. Okay, so what does that mean? So we look at this. Um, we don't. We're not all wired the same. It doesn't take any much observation to recognize that. So we're not wired all the same. So, so he gave to each of us. He gave to each of us to our, you know, according to our ability. Um, and so that that just means that the the idea that what someone else is doing does not necessarily have to line up with someone else. We should not be comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, as the Bible says, because that's that's a dangerous scheme. Because it's it, not the way God sees us. God is looking at each one of us. And he is asking us to do the best we can with our ability so the first guy here he who had received the five talents, went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more when i want to look at this part of he went at once so this is emphasizing immediately he receives this gift and he receives his instructions from the lord and then he goes right away and begins to get to work with them and so you know what does that say to someone who has the ability to handle more this guy who has five well. He went at once. They're not. He's not procrastinating at all. And you know, taking this to an American mindset, he wasn't too busy to focus on his master's business. And I am talking to myself as much as anyone else there, of the idea of yeah, I know God's got these things that He wants me to do, but uh, I've got to get this, this, and this done. And so this idea of am I being a good, uh, a good steward of His resources, a good servant because I can also. Certainly, be guilty of, of being too busy to go to, to go at once, like like this um, faithful servant did. So he traded with them. He put them to work. Um, you know. So this is this is certainly the idea that he's taking. You know, it's the Bible says that um, God will bless whatever you put your hands to. You have to put your hands to this. You have to go out there and actually be willing to put the work in. And so he traded with them. He put them to work, and then he made five more. The one who had who had two, made two more. And I want to emphasize this a little bit. Same rate of return, isn't it? So both of them had 100% rate of return. And um, as we get into this there, that's just another piece. Again, it's not about, God doesn't care that one made five and one made two. You know, Both of these people went out and did their very best. And they did you know according to what God knew they could do inside their ability. Now the last one. One dug in the ground and hid his master's money. For any of you who ever know what the uh, the working end of a shovel looks like, it's hard work. And when you talk about the amount of money that we're talking about here, this wasn't like a a little hole that he had to dig to to plant a seed. Um, You whether we're talking about what today would be twenty five thousand dollars of silver, or we're talking about what today would be two million dollars of silver. Either way, we're talking about some significant amount of of mass that needed to be buried in the ground and so therefore uh from that standpoint he still worked and it does it, it like it still takes work to do to do nothing it just doesn't take guts and so that that's something we'll get into a little bit here of, of the grit that that the first two um, servants showed and that the last one did not the last one wasn't willing to to do the hard work there um for something productive but it still took still took effort Okay. Then it says, "Now, after a long time, the master, um, the master came, and it doesn't give us a time frame. It doesn't give us a period of this. so we can't go calculate uh, God's divine rate of return." I was, was talking, I was actually talking with Jay Link about this, um, about this parable before, before recording here, and and that's something he joked about. He like, because of course we would, we would if he, if they said after three years, and we would do the math to figure out, okay, well, the rate of return that we're supposed to get on God's assets is blank. But he didn't do that so he just said after a long time so it's not about that after a long time god came back he settled or god came back the master came back here and he settled accounts with them and so he wants to check in get an update get an update on how they're doing um it's similar to a review that that one would have at work and you know with the with the boss so So that's what he's talking about here. When he said he's he's settling accounts, he's getting an update from them. Let's check in. Let's see how how you're progressing along here, just like a a one on one at work. And therefore, I just wanted to pose this question: How would you do during a one on one review with God? So if God was reviewing you, just like a just like the the best boss you've ever had was giving you a review of of your work here, but now God's looking at the big picture of your life. And how you are being a steward and a servant of His? Um, how would you do? What What are the things that He would point out to you that says, "Hey, are you sure you're you know, over here, here, and here, uh, those things are, you know, those things seem to be falling down over here. You're doing well and keep that up, but over here, let's let's pick up the pace there. Um, let's have a higher level of accountability. Is that is that really the best you can do? And so, take a look at that to think about how would I do if God gave me a one on one. Now, we get into this this the, this great meat here. So, he says, so talking to the, the servant who made the five, he said, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. And if you paid attention to the name of the podcast, it's Wealth Well Done, and then the subtitle right below that is My Good and Faithful Servant. The idea of well done, my good and faithful servant, those are the the... Sweetest words that someone could ever hear. That's my greatest ambition. It's the only praise I truly should care about. Is to hear, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." He then goes on to tell him, "You have been faithful over a little." Now, again, what, we, what we've just identified here is we're talking about significant sum of money, and and whether you know this first guy was you know whatever we're talking about the twenty five thousand or the two million or whatever that number is. Either way, it's something. It's something fairly significant here because we're multiplying that times five and but god says you've been faithful over a little i just want to just to put into perspective you know that even a big sum of money in our eyes that that's not big in god's eyes and so if you think of a a billion dollars well what's a billion dollars to to god this way think of if i'm a what what is a hundred dollars to a millionaire a hundred dollars isn't really a big deal what's a what's a you know thousand dollars to a billionaire not really a big deal and so god who owns all of the assets of the earth what is what is whatever sum of money that we're in charge of it's 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 minimal it's a little and so he's just he's testing us and helping us grow here and so he's been says you've been faithful over a little i will set you over much and so i'm not i have an expert um but it, it appears to be talking about a reward in the life to come here. And so whether whether we're talking about you've been faithful over a little today and I'm going to give you more now here in, in this life, or we're talking about in heaven, um, either way, I want I want what God has in store for me because it's infinitely better than whatever I could dream of or or ask for myself. Then he goes on to say, Enter into the joy of your master. I'm just thinking about that. Like how heavy is like how how meaningful is that phrase there, enter into the joy of your master. And what kind of God do we serve? You know, a perfectly loving, compassionate, infinite, gorgeous, creative, creative God. And so when he's talking about us entering into the joy, like into his joy, that has to be, you know, just beyond our our ability to even comprehend. And so what do you think it'll mean to enter into the joy of God? So as I'm reading this, just... That, that that jumps out at me here when i take my time to slow down and, and, and actually meditate on scripture okay so next he goes into the into the two talents the, the the servant with two talents and again he gives him the exact same response exact same there so god's not disappointed he only made two talents not at all and we can't earn god's love um you know but back to our abilities here um god would have given the same approval to the guy who made one talent um had he done the same thing you know or even maybe potentially even if he had done less you know so when we get into this banks don't double your money often um especially when they, they weren't even allowed to charge interest to to other jews and so they could only charge interest to, to gentiles and so when when jesus gets there when he's talking about well the master handles the the uh one the the servant who hid it he tells him like, the least you could have done was was go to the bank and and charge or you know, earn me an interest. Um, and so it's not about how much he did here, it's just the fact that he put to it. And so the two talents, one, I just wanted to draw out the fact that the the description for the the um serving with two talents was the exact same. It had nothing to do with so someone did handle, you know, he was able to handle more and did five, and someone could only handle two. He still said the exact same thing to him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Down to the serpent was um with the one talent. So he says to him, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow. And and he goes on to describe that a little bit more. And I wanted to, you know, help you understand a little bit of what that means. What we're talking about is a is this master, you know, must have been a successful businessman. And so when he's reaping where he did not sow it means he's earning a profit as an owner where he's not laboring and so um that looks like that was a motivator for the the one with the two talents and the one with the five talents they knew that they needed to get creative to meet his expectations but for the one with one talent he says so i was afraid and the bible tells us um to either to not to be afraid or or do not fear over 80 times and you know so a couple examples exodus 2020 20, moses tells says to the people do not be afraid that the god for god has come to test you and that his fear may be before you that you won't sin hebrews 13 6 says uh, so that so that with good courage we say the lord is my helper i will not fear what can man do to me perfect perfect example of, of how this servant with one talent should have handled this what can man do to me the lord is my helper i will not fear um you know Obviously, uh, as an entrepreneur, and we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, running a business is scary. It is absolutely scary. Will you be able to meet next month's payroll? You know, income goes up, but so do expenses. You know, what happens if the income goes down? It's just this constant bringing you back to the fact that the Lord is my helper. And so I'm not, I'm not to be afraid. I'm just to continue to trust Him and move forward because the Lord is my helper. That goes for, for all of us in whatever circumstances we're dealing with. Um, But then it goes on to say for this, the servant that he buried it because he was afraid and just remembering that it's the master's money. It wasn't even his. So if he had lost, if he had put forth the effort to try to gain it and he lost it, um, then he didn't even lose his own money. And this takes me back to the thought when I was first decided to make the entrepreneurial jump from, from our career that I had before. And so I've got, um, I've got a brand new daughter and, uh, a house with a you know significant mortgage on it. And I'd make a leap into a career that is, I feel like where God's leading me, but uh, it's something I did not want to be into. And also, I, I, it's a career that has a very high failure rate and normally takes five years before you start making any money. And we just had, had this thing come over me that said, if I miss not miss god my by a mile but i miss him by 10 miles and, it, and i and what he had for me over here to stay in the job i was at or stay in the company i was at and this this great opportunity he had for me um it was clear it felt like it was you know should have been from him on, on paper but my my soul didn't feel like that but if that's what his goal was for me and here i went off and and just jumped off you know off the deep end on, on this other into this other journey where he wasn't leading me and he when i and i, I we talked about this idea of if If we burned through all the savings that we had, our retirement accounts and the savings, we sold our house and and burned through all the equity we had in that. We uh, wore out any favor that we'd have from any family or friends and used up any money that they were willing to give us. And then we wore out our welcome at the homeless shelters here. And after all of that, my wife and daughter and I died under a bridge due to starvation. Then the worst thing that happens is we you know we get to the party early because we, we if if what we believe is actually true then we get to the party early and god says what were you doing like you, <laughs> i gave you this incredible opportunity here and you you walked away from it um you missed it but at least you tried come on in you know he might it might be well done you know knucklehead instead of well done good and faithful servant but at least i tried and so from, from that standpoint to, to this servant who wouldn't try, that's the thing that, that God is, is so upset, that the master is so upset about. And so he so he goes on to say, he says, you wicked and slothful servant. And so um, anyone who thinks that Jesus was just this nice, friendly guy hasn't read their Bible. Um, he would have been canceled today many times over. Um, he he would have been kicked off staff at, uh, I'd say, probably any church. In the country, he would have been kicked off their staff for being too harsh. Like, you know, if you go through, just read the Gospels and see what Jesus said. Like, he called people vipers. He marveled at his disciples' unbelief. He called people perverse. He called Peter his greatest disciple. He called him Satan. So uh, <laughs> Jesus told it like it was, uh, which is a good indication of what will happen on Judgment Day. And thank God for grace and, and the blood of Christ that, that allows us to make it through that judgment because it. None of us would be sitting pretty um, in that judgment in that judgment day without without the grace of Jesus. so uh, without the blood of Jesus and the grace that we get as a result of that. Um, next thing he goes on to say is that the least you could have done was put this in the bank with interest. and just that like that's that's the minimal thing. like at least try that. And so someone who's not even willing to to put their foot forward at all to to at least try something that is where. you you can just see the irritation that is is coming to the master as a result of that all right so we're on the home stretch here now take the one he has and give it to the one with ten this is not about being fair and so um he didn't give the 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 one to the disciple to the servant with who now has four he took the extra one and gave it to the one with ten and so in you know, back to sports in in professional sports, you don't see the the backup quarterback getting getting reps in the playoffs just to make it fair. They lean on their big guns, and so um, you know maybe maybe that's a God given trait. And so it just comes back to this idea of um, what are you called to do that you've been too scared to move forward with. Uh, Jeff Miller, who's been a, a guest on here, he asked our small group about our BHAG, which is a, a um, acronym for big hairy audacious goal and i think that was maybe Vern Harnish and scaling up or um, that that talked about that sorry if i've got that wrong there um but it, he he emphasizes he goes what is what's on your heart that is so big that you're too embarrassed to tell other people about and as you, as you think about that think about where is that's what that's what should be going through your head here as you dissect this the scripture as you listen in like what is god putting on you know putting on my heart that he's calling me to do and and, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be within your ability to grasp it uh, let's finish this up and we'll come back to that so he says cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness which you know, into hell and being risk averse does not work for the kingdom cal cal rickner another guy who's been, <laughs> been a guest here uh often says that faith is spelled r-i-s-k and um you know, I was thinking about this here. Luke eleven twenty three says, "Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters." And so, when you look at this, if you're not doing what God has put on your heart to do, then you are you are against God. And and that and that's the thing. That's where the servant didn't say, "You know, Master, I don't like you at all." And so that's you know, so I I refuse to partake. He just he didn't do what what the Lord had called him, what the Master had called him to do. And so. Back to this, you know, if you've had a big, hairy, audacious goal put on your heart, and you're not doing it because of fear, then there, <laughs> look, look at the tie to to this parable here, and see how that, what that's calling out inside of you now, and what you can do to change that. Um, and so I want to talk about this of like, I want to encourage you to step into the dream that God has placed on your heart, and uh, let me set you at ease with this it will be the toughest thing you've ever done. <laughs> uh, and that's okay because he's with you. Like we said earlier, I don't need to fear because he's with me. And so, you know, Jesus says that we're supposed to take his yoke upon him and upon us and learn from him. Um, that his, his burden is light. And so uh, from that standpoint, when we recognize that God is calling us to do something, but he's got the, the helper here with us. So you know, when Jesus talks about the Holy spirit, he often calls him the helper. If, it's the the goal it's the thing that's been put inside your heart is within your ability to accomplish i want to challenge you and say that's probably too small and you know there's a saying that says you know well god will only give you what you can handle but i think that's a bunch of crap uh, <laughs> you know most things that i've done with god have been more than i can handle and and so from, from that standpoint we 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 only get one life the stakes are high you know the, the as we've just had explained to us here not proceeding with what God tells us to do is a uh, leads to a very very bad outcome for the wicked and slothful servant who who out of fear didn't proceed and that is not what any of us want to hear on our judgment day is that we are a wicked and slothful servant and we should be cast out into the outer darkness. that's not an outcome that, that should be acceptable to you and the only way to, to lean into that is to hit our knees in humble submission say, God, I'm here, I'm yours, do with me as you please. And so from that standpoint, that, that is the the yearning of my heart is to to help you to to make that step there, to say, do with me as you please. And just know that whatever comes after that and whether you get a download that day or three years from now, whatever that is, the Lord will be with you, he will prepare you, and it's gonna be bigger and harder than anything you've ever done. And that's okay. So the the entrepreneurial journey is tough, <laughs> but we we often say like, man, you know, we're living. Like there there's nothing that uh, at the end of this that we're going to feel like, uh, well, that was kind of boring. Like not at all. We are we are absolutely living. If we've got one life to live, we're we're going for it. And you know, it's the same you know for people who are serving in missions, like the the incredible challenges that they face there they're they're living they are absolutely living uh, and there's so many other you know examples of, of people who are who are doing that um, you know as a hockey player we you know, we had a saying and I think most most uh, athletes do you know in a similar sign we said leave it all on the ice and what that meant was at the end of the game you don't want to come back in the locker room and feel like i had more to give you know, especially if especially if we didn't walk all over the team and it wasn't a, a laydown win if it was a if it was an absolute you know dogfight in their challenge then we want to leave it all on the ice put every effort that we had in there and so that's how we want to um to handle this on this life this 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 life is is like that and so i you know at judgment you know, I, i've kind of made my decision that i want to make it into heaven sweating panting out of breath because i've been running hard for the lord until the end and then you know at that point i get to hear the sweetest words of my life well done my good and faithful servant i hope that's where i hope that's where you land as well is at the end of this that you come in leaving it all leaving it all on the line going all in for god to make the most of this short time that we have here on this earth to do the best that we can for our master as, as a good and faithful servant that you get to hear those words at the end. Well done, a good and faithful servant. Thank you for listening. Hope this is impactful for you. Love you. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.